We are a warm and inviting independent Catholic community that welcomes everyone with open arms and open hearts. We are not associated with the Roman Catholic Church. Come experience the love and support of our community and find your spiritual home. Whether you've been hurt by the church in the past or felt rejected by the church, the Independent Catholic Church of the Americas is socially liberal while being liturgically conservative. Visit us online or in person this Sunday and become a part of our church family. Let go and let God. That is the miracle of it. Let go and let God. That is how we all react to addictions, or any disease in life, so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Addiction, whether to alcohol or substances is a threefold disease, a spiritual malady, and a physical reaction, brought on by a mental obsession. In this podcast we will discuss addiction as it relates to the spirit. Participants of Alcoholics Anonymous describe certain feelings they had before picking up a drink or drug. If you will this is referred to as a spiritual malady. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous refers to the symptoms of the spiritual malady as bedevilments, explaining that we were having trouble with personal relationships, we couldn't control our emotional natures, we were prey to misery and depression, we couldn't make a living, we had a feeling of uselessness, we were full of fear, we were unhappy, we couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. These feelings, often simplified as restlessness, irritability and discontentment, led them towards substances to relieve their spiritual pain. According to the spiritual model, a disconnection from God or a higher power causes addiction. Some theorists have suggested that substance addictions are a spiritual illness, a condition resulting from a spiritual void in one's life or from a search for connectedness, a connectedness to a higher power. For those who rely on substances, chemically dependent people substitute faith in God for drugs and they may not even realize it. These substances become their counterfeit or false god. Addiction as a spiritual disease is a concept that has been proposed by some individuals and organizations. It's not a new age concept. It suggests that addiction is not only a physical and psychological issue but also a spiritual one. This view suggests that addiction is rooted in a person's disconnection from their spiritual self, purpose, and community. Therefore, treating addiction requires including and addressing the spiritual aspect of the person's life, including their values, beliefs, and relationships. The approach to addiction as a spiritual disease may involve practices such as mindfulness, meditation, prayer, and participation in a spiritual community. Addiction can cause a person to prioritize their substance use over other aspects of their life, including their spiritual beliefs and practices. The pursuit of drugs or alcohol can become a substitute for the fulfillment that one might find in a connection to God or a higher power. Addiction can also lead to feelings of guilt, shame, and isolation, which can further distance a person from their spiritual beliefs and practices. 
In the context of addiction as a spiritual disease, recovery may involve reconnecting with one's spiritual self and rebuilding a connection to God or a higher power. This process may involve seeking support from a spiritual community, engaging in prayer or meditation, and exploring one's values and beliefs. It's not a new age concept. Historically, many cultures have personified addiction and substance abuse as demons or evil spirits. For example, in ancient Greek mythology, the god of wine, Dionysus, was often associated with drunkenness and addiction. In Christian theology, alcohol and drug addiction were often seen as sins that could be attributed to demonic influence or possession. In some cultures, addiction has been associated with spiritual weakness or a lack of willpower, and individuals who struggled with addiction were often ostracized or punished. On the internet there are several memes that relate that the word alcohol has come from the Arabic term aikol and aigal which means body-eating spirit. The memes further suggest that perhaps this is why alcoholic drinks are called spirits and boozy. Although it sounds great, there is limited truth in the meme. The etymology of the word alcohol is disputed, but many historians and linguists do believe that it comes from the Arabic word alcohol or algal, which referred to a type of fine powder used in cosmetics and medicine. This powder was derived from antimony sulfide, not from the distillation of fermented beverages. And it is inaccurate to say that alcohol is translates to body-eating spirit in Arabic. But it does fit nicely with the meme though. Fact is that the Arabic word alcohol or algal can be translated to English as antimony or coal. Antimony is a chemical element with the symbol SB and atomic number 51, while coal is a cosmetic traditionally used in the Middle East and other parts of the world to darken the eyelids. Truth is that there is no one specific name for a demon of alcohol and substance abuse in any religious or mythological tradition. Different cultures and belief systems may have different names or concepts associated with addiction and its spiritual or metaphysical implications. Some people may use the term demon metaphorically to describe the destructive nature of addiction, while others may view addiction as a literal manifestation of demonic influence or possession. Ultimately, the name or concept used to describe addiction may depend on individual beliefs and cultural context. Today, while many people view addiction as a disease or a mental health disorder, some religious or spiritual communities still view addiction in terms of spiritual warfare or possession, and may use prayer, exorcism, or other spiritual practices as part of their treatment approach. This is dependent on the culture and faith of the individual. A spiritual treatment plan for addiction may involve a variety of practices and principles that can complement psychological and medical treatment. Here are some examples. 1. Mindfulness meditation. This practice involves focusing on the present moment and cultivating awareness of one's thoughts, feelings, and sensations. Mindfulness can help individuals develop greater emotional regulation and self-awareness, which can support recovery from addiction. There are several types of mindfulness meditation that can be practiced, some of which include a breath awareness, 
This involves focusing on the breath as it moves in and out of the body, noticing the sensations and rhythm of the breath. B. Body scan. In this practice, attention is directed to different parts of the body, noticing any sensations or tension that may be present. C. Loving-kindness meditation. This involves cultivating feelings of compassion and kindness towards oneself and others. D. Walking meditation. This practice involves walking slowly and mindfully, paying attention to the sensations of the body and the environment. E. Sound meditation. This involves focusing on sounds as they arise and pass away, without becoming attached or distracted by them. F. Visualization. In this practice, the individual visualizes a peaceful or calming scene, such as a beach or forest, and focuses on the sensations and emotions that arise. G. Open awareness. This involves simply observing thoughts, feelings, and sensations as they arise, without judgment or attachment. It's important to note that there is no one right way to practice mindfulness meditation, and individuals may find that different practices work better for them at different times. The important thing is to cultivate a regular practice of mindfulness, which can help reduce stress, improve concentration, and promote overall well-being. Meditation is not a one-time event, it's a practice. The more you practice, the more it becomes a state of being. Other practices include, 2. Yoga, Tai Chi, Qi Kung, and other forms of mindful movement, engaging in physical practices that focus on breath, body awareness, and relaxation can help reduce stress and promote overall well-being. Novices are advised to attend frequent classes instructed by a qualified professional and to engage in daily practice outside of class. It is crucial to comprehend that classes are for learning and progression, not for practice. 15 minutes of daily practice is all it requires to build a personal practice, and we all have the capacity to allocate 15 minutes out of our daily routine. 3. Prayer and Spiritual Contemplation Many people find solace and support in their faith traditions, and prayer or spiritual contemplation can help individuals connect with a higher power and find meaning and purpose in their recovery journey. Prayer is a form of communication between a person and a higher power or deity, typically to express gratitude, ask for guidance, or seek forgiveness. It can involve spoken or silent words, meditation, or other forms of spiritual expression. Prayer is often a fundamental practice in many religions and is seen as a means of connecting with the divine, finding inner peace, and achieving spiritual growth. Prayer is when we talk to God. Contemplation refers to a state of deep thoughtfulness and reflection, typically characterized by a quiet, meditative focus on a particular subject or idea. It involves a deliberate and sustained effort to gain insight, understanding, or clarity about a particular topic, often through introspection or meditation. Contemplation can be a spiritual practice or a form of philosophical inquiry, and it may involve a range of techniques such as mindfulness, visualization, or prayer. It is often associated with a sense of peace, calm, and inner stillness, and may be used to cultivate greater awareness, insight, and wisdom.
Contemplation is how God answers our prayers. 4. Community support. Joining a spiritual community or support group can provide a sense of belonging and social support, which are important factors in recovery. Here are some spiritual and some not as spiritual support organizations for those in recovery. A. Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, a worldwide fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other to help solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. B. Narcotics Anonymous, NA, a non-profit organization that provides support to people recovering from drug addiction through a 12-step program. C. Celebrate Recovery, a Christian-based recovery program that helps people deal with a variety of addictions and life issues. D. Smart Recovery, a science-based program that provides tools and techniques to help people overcome addictive behavior and achieve a balanced and fulfilling life. Less spiritual, but effective for those who have had bad religious or spiritual incidents in their past. D. Refuge Recovery, a Buddhist-inspired program that uses mindfulness and meditation to help people recover from addiction. E. Al-Anon and NAR Anon support groups are for families and friends of alcoholics and drug addicts, respectively, offering a safe and confidential environment to share experiences and gain strength and hope. F. Recovery Dharma, a Buddhist-inspired program that uses mindfulness, meditation, and the teachings of the Buddha to help people recover from addiction. G. The Phoenix a free sober active community that helps people in recovery find physical activity and social connection as part of their recovery journey. Another which is less spiritual, but effective for those who have had bad religious or spiritual incidents in their past. H. Lifering Secular Recovery, a secular, non-religious program that offers support and tools to help people overcome addiction and live a fulfilling life without drugs or alcohol less spiritual and more secular based. I. Jewish alcoholics, chemically dependent persons and significant others, a support network for Jewish individuals and families affected by addiction, offering education, counseling, and spiritual guidance. Keep in mind these support groups only work if you go and participate. 5. Service and altruism, Engaging in acts of kindness and service can help individuals develop a sense of purpose and meaning, and can also help them connect with others in a positive way. It's important to note that spiritual practices should be used in conjunction with, and not in place of, medical and psychological treatment for addiction. A comprehensive treatment plan that addresses the physical, psychological, and spiritual aspects of addiction is likely to be the most effective. I leave you with this found on pages 14 and 15 of the big book, Bill W. writes, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again, and if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us it is just like that.
This is Father Chris, reminding each of us to act justly, love with mercy, and walk humbly with God. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old-time religion. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time Children. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time. Cannabis-induced psychosis, it's a real thing. Weed use is taking off as more states move to legalize it. And with all the buzz over medical marijuana, it's starting to gain an aura of healthfulness. But there are some serious health risks associated with frequent use. One of the more troubling ones is the risk of having a psychotic episode. Several past studies have found that more frequent use of pot is associated with a higher risk of psychosis, that is, when someone loses touch with reality. And it's not just about availability. THC is so much higher today in cannabis products than ever. THC gives you the high, but it can also be the breaking point into psychosis. 
Now a new study published in the The Lancet Psychiatry shows that consuming pot on a daily basis and especially using high-potency cannabis increases the odds of having a psychotic episode later. High-potency cannabis is considered to be products with more than 10% tetrahydrocannabinol or THC, the compound responsible for the drug's psychoactive effects. Studies have identified that those who used cannabis daily were three times more likely to have a psychotic episode compared with someone who has never used the drug. And those who started using cannabis at age 15 or younger had a slightly more elevated risk than those who started using in later years. Use of high-potency weed almost doubled the odds of having psychosis compared with someone who had never smoked. And for those who used high-potency weed on a daily basis, the risk of psychosis was even greater, four times greater than those who had never used. Cannabis-induced psychosis, it's a real thing. This message has been brought to you by the In His Holy Name Ministry and its Mental Health Ministry.